with my husband Lachlan in our seventh week of lockdown at home in Dundas Valley. Uh, this is a bit of a special episode um, in the extras, kind of inserted there, really just to talk about our ponderings around lockdown and um, yeah, as we think and process this lockdown in light of God's word, um, what we'll come up with. So hello, Lachlan, my husband. Hi, good to be with you. Yeah. It's been so, good to be with you for seven weeks. It's just <laughs> another day of many days that we've had together, but all have been great. Thank you. Um, and I did not have to pay him to say that, um, <laughs> as we have a joint account anyway. So yeah, it wouldn't have really worked. Um, so I think one of the first things that would be good to talk about, it's just processing maybe um, how we're feeling around this lockdown and perhaps even thinking through, um, you know, many people have remarked that this lockdown feels harder than mm. the last one. Mm. Um, and I wonder, like, well, we were in New Zealand in the last mm. one, but we've certainly heard, uh, we've had two lockdowns over there. This um, is very different to how it felt in New Zealand, that's for sure. But yeah, I think even here, it, it does feel like people are going through it differently the last year. Yeah. Um, and some of the emotions I think people feel is um, hopelessness, mm. I think, uh, feeling like, how are we going to get out of this you know, we talk about the vaccine being 70 or 80%, you know, when's mm. that going to happen? Mm. Um, there's a sense of fear, I think, because of the Delta strain and just the ease of that transmission into household contacts, there's a lot more fear, I think, around like everywhere, you know, even when you go shopping out, people are a lot more cautious, a lot more. There's just this tension, I think, in the air um, when you're out. For some people, I think that's still spreading. You, know, you hear some places where people don't seem to be afraid at all yet and they're just parting away. But yeah, for some, there seems to be more fear. Yeah, for sure. What about, like, what have you been pondering in terms of how people are feeling or what's the difference between the first and the second mm. lockdown? Yeah. Uh, I read a good article that my brother linked on Facebook. Great place to find interesting things. Um, but no, it was a helpful reflection that they, they were saying part of the difference is that when we first went into lockdown last year, uh, one, one, it felt novel, mm. felt like a new thing and, and, you know, change is as good as a holiday. So perhaps there was something that even amidst it being a tough time last year, it was a change. Yeah, I remember getting into bread making, as you might remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people went, oh, okay, this is a chance to change my life make some resolutions, become healthier in my lifestyle last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, but then as the article said, we got to the end of last year's lockdown and none of those resolutions stuck. We just kind of went straight back into the way we'd been living pre-pandemic. Mm. Um, and so all of our good intentions, all of our hopes for ourselves, uh, they've been dashed. And so when we come into this one, it's like, do we really want to make bread again? You know, am yeah. I really going to get that exercise routine going again? Well, maybe not because it's not going to last. Uh, and so I think that changes the feeling that where we once had a self-belief that perhaps life could become better. Yeah. Um, now we just all, you know, say, you know, Ecclesiastes, it's all, all vanity, vanity or vanity. Yeah. We just want to get back to where we got back to last year and kind of back into that old way of life that yeah. we enjoyed so much. Yeah. So it's almost like there is no new goals in this lockdown apart from just let's get out of this as soon as possible yeah I, th I think that's what a number of people are feeling that they've they've lost that hope for self-growth yeah. yeah and i think 
um, you know, in church, like as a community, as I chat to different people, I think I'm also finding lockdown hard in terms of just also that sense that it is hard for everyone. And as a body, you suffer together. Mm. I think I'm hearing different people and how they're going through lockdown, Mm. whether it's losing a loved one during this time and, you know, wondering Mm. what to do about the funeral arrangements, Mm. um, whether it's, um, having like my sister was meant to get married at the end of this month Mm. and now like she can't, Mm. um, and that's hard for them. They've Mm. had to reschedule multiple Mm. times. Mm. Um, and well, or whether it's not even like, you know, you've got weddings and funerals and things like that, but even just having a a loved one being sick in hospital. So I went to get a surgery and you weren't able to be there. Mm. Um, and witness my very drug out, you know, haze as I come out, which you were looking forward to seeing, but yeah, no, you recovered too quickly. Yeah. But you said I still look like a druggie when I was, you did, you did. But you, know, you didn't say anything in your drug interview <laughs> state. That just, you didn't, you didn't ask me you. any questions, I don't think, to try to trap me or yeah. record anything. Yeah. yeah. Too and kind. Yeah, probably. They did have to wheel me out, mm. so yeah. But mm. you didn't think I could get in the car by myself. Anyway. We digress. Uh, yeah, we digress about my, my drug-induced haze after my surgery. But yeah, like other people who are getting surgeries and things like that and not having their loved ones around them. Mm. You know, mm. I, imagine, I remember being before the operating theater by myself and just feeling that fear Mm. of like what's on like i think knowing that even if i died i'm with christ but if you if you have family that are not christian or if Mm. you're struggling your faith Mm. to believe that then that's Mm. that's challenging as well um so what do you think um has been like as we sort of process this together what do you think have been some of the hopes i guess for our world at this time what people really looking to uh, in terms of the the broader society or Christians in particular? I think maybe the broader society. Um, well, I think a, a lot of the rhetoric, a lot of the language is uh, about trying to get back to that state of normal mm. as soon as possible. And that the way that that's perceived to be possible is through vaccines uh, so I think people have been putting their hope in that kind of medical development, been putting their hope in, um, yeah, getting back in control, I guess. Mm. Cause I think that's one of the things that does hit us when we go through a pandemic like this. Um, you know, we, we had gotten back into a position where we felt like we were in control. Mm. Everything was running normal. We could make decisions about our life could even go on holidays to New Zealand and you know we 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 felt like we were in control again suddenly that control's taken away but mm. in a vaccine there's a sense where i can make a personal choice that puts me in control of my connection with this disease and puts me in a bit of control on how our society is going to go in getting out of this so i think there's a hope in the vaccine that's tied to this sense of being in control because uh, we struggle so much to not be in control. Um, so I think that's one of the places where society is putting their hope. Yeah. I think um, also, you know, government mm. and the scientific advice that, that they're receiving and the measures that they're taking, whether it be sort of the police enforcing the law or Gladys with her update. I think um, that's certainly a place that that our world, like our, oh, New South Wales is looking to mm. um, in terms of, 
a source of hope as well and a source mm. of strength. Mm. Um, and, you know, the financial payments as well. I'm sure that has actually been really helpful for a lot mm. of people. Same with the vaccine. It's, mm. it's a helpful thing. And it's certainly where, you know, our world is putting their hope in. Um, yeah, and I think even putting hope in people doing the right. We, we keep, you know, coming back to that phase of doing the right thing that all of us are like in this together mm. and that we're doing the right thing together. Mm. It's kind of hoping in the community mm. to be compliant. Mm. Um, and I think hence the outrage mm. um, when people are not doing that. Mm. Yeah. What do you think about sort of as uh, Christians, what, like in what ways should we kind of be, uh, be involved in hoping in all of those things? In what ways shouldn't we be? Um, well, look, I, I think... Christians for a long time have been involved in the medical industry and in medical advances that flows from a good sense of mm. wanting to love others and recognizing that death is an evil. Mm. I think that's one of the things that Christians can helpfully affirm in our world. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not believers in blind evolution that would just involve us saying, oh, death is natural. Mm. Um, so we can grieve death and we, we can fight against death. And so for a long time, Christians have been involved in the medical industry. And I wouldn't be surprised if at the head of some of these vaccines and the rollouts are a lot of Christians, mm. like there are in our hospitals, there's nurses, doctors, so on and so forth. So I think there's, there's a good space to be thankful for those advances and to be thankful that we do have a way to see people spared from death at this time. Yeah, and a way for us to love our neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. So I think all of that's a good thing. Uh, I think we have to temper that to some degree by going as much as we might be able to make medical advances, we will never cure death. Uh, so we might make it through this pandemic yeah. and we might get the state vaccinated and be able to come out of this lockdown and that'll be fantastic. We, we look forward to that happening, but who knows what the next thing around the corner is? Yeah. Who knows... Like there's a, a new strain, the, the Lambda strain now. Is that going to make it to Australia? What's, what's that going to cause? Oh, you're freaking me out just by saying that. What <laughs> happens once we get beyond coronavirus? Like think about what led into this. We had fires. We had all sorts of... Look at Afghanistan at the moment. Yeah. And the Taliban sweeping through. Like this is a messed up, broken world full of sickness, full of death. It always has been. Yeah. And so even as we look to make our way out of this particular moment of lockdown and grief and suffering, it won't be the end of grief and suffering in the world. Mm. And, we, and we therefore need to just temper our sense of expectation, our sense of hope to go. Actually, our hope is in Jesus as the one who has defeated death once and for all. Mm. You know, he has suffered death, risen to new life, never to die again. And through him, we have a hope of life that moves beyond death. Mm. And so there's a great verse that I remember reflecting on much earlier on last year in the pandemic, but uh, just in Hebrews chapter two, it, it talks about that difference between Christians and the world. Let me flick open to find it. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews two. chapter two, verse yep. 14. Uh, talking about Jesus. Now, since the children, humanity, have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. 
it's just a wonderful recognition that as Christians, we, we have been set free from that fear of death. We, we mm. will suffer it. We will go through death, but it's not the end of our story. Yeah. Uh, and so as we move towards, as we live in a world full of death, we do have a hope that's beyond that. Yeah. So. And I think like, as I hear that, right, because I don't fear death, mm. but I fear for my mum who's Mm. you know in her 60s and Mm. um i fear for her getting this i fear so i think there's a lot of fear that isn't like for christians isn't necessarily for ourselves but for our loved ones um who you know don't know the lord Mm. and even if they do you know we don't want to lose them Uh, like we want them to be with us yeah um even though you know as paul we should say it's far better to be with the lord but there's a sense in which we will miss them Mm. and i think this is where it's so important to keep remembering the to hope in the gospel and the fact that the gospel saves yeah. our, our loved ones and yeah. that this this is not this even if they escape this they have not finally escaped death if they don't know Christ yeah 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 and in some ways i don't know i've been praying and hoping that through a time of lockdown like this as as that illusion of control gets taken away, uh, often that is where God wakes us up to the reality that there is something beyond ourselves in mm. the world. And we can be praying that this is a time where God is doing that kind of work, mm. where God is awakening many to go, oh, I can't solve my life. I need something, someone else. Uh, perhaps it's a time where people have been confronted by their own trying to avoid saying the word sin, but I mean sin, where people are confronted by their own guilt and sin as they're living with themselves in lockdown. Mm. And, and they've been able to escape themselves for so long, but now suddenly they're recognizing, ah, oh, I am an angry person. I am a person that hurts and harms others. I'm a person that uh, needs forgiveness. Yeah. And so it's, it's a time to be praying that God is bringing many to salvation. Um, and, you know... As a church, we're putting out lots of... Our, our services are going online every week. Mm. Uh, we're not the only ones. There's lots of great Christian content online at this time. Very encouraged to hear from a friend who's over in Japan. They were saying their Easter services, they've been in many different lockdowns across time. Uh, their Easter services, they had more people tuning in online than they could have fit in the building mm. if they'd been meeting in person. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure those stories are multiplied across the world. Um, so as we feel that fear for our loved ones, uh, what a great thing to be praying for God to be actually working in this time and sharing that online Christian content, finding stuff that they might be able to listen to that can engage with them as we express that fear to them. So I think that's something we can sometimes feel a bit scared to do, uh, but actually to, to own that and say, look, I, yeah, this is how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm worried for you. Yeah. Would you listen to this and then we can talk about it perhaps? Yeah. I don't know. How does that sound to you as you... I think, yeah, like I, I reckon to even be able to identify it's the fear of death um, or the death of a loved one. Like death of a loved one is a bit easier as, as Christians for us to feel. But I think a lot of people, it's also fear for their livelihoods, mm. not being able to work, mm. you know, fear for their loved ones who are in hospital that, you know, no one else is helping, they feel. Um, you know, it could be 
just generally anxiety around home as marriages are strained mm. or parenting children and, mm. and the challenges mm. of all of that. So yeah, I think it's all of those things, but yeah, it does boil down to not being in control mm. and, and the powerlessness that we have to do things. And that's when we recognize we need grace. Mm. So yeah, absolutely right. Like losing control and going, I can't, we can't do this. I can't do it by myself and we can't, we can't do it together either. Like we need God. We need his grace on our lives mm. and whether we are Christian or non-Christian, especially non-Christian recognizing that mm. and that being a moment for that. Yeah. What it, what about, um, in terms of pondering lockdown for yourself, like what's been a hope that you've had? So we've talked about hope in terms of hoping for non-Christians, people who don't know Jesus to be mm. able to rely on him. Now mm. um, we've talked about hoping in the God who is in control. Um, yeah, what about for yourself? What have you been pondering as some of the other things you've been hoping in? Um, look, I think the the other big thing that I've been conscious of myself and therefore hoping for others that I know is that this is a time of great growth as Christians. Uh it's when we go through disruptions in our life that we have an opportunity to step back and reflect on why we're feeling the way that we're feeling. And that can be a chance to identify um, some disordered loves perhaps in our life. Mm. Places where we... That's a big word, disordered loves. What does yeah. that mean? Well, a lot of our actions in life are motivated by what we love. Mm. Um, we do things because we love them or because yeah. we love the outcome that comes from them. Oh, you've cut to me right now. I'm just thinking <laughs> how much I love comfort as you say that. And I feel like I'm struggling to connect with people because it sucks doing it online. Like It sucks yeah. Zooming. And I'm yeah. like, I just want to be comfortable. So I'd rather just cut everyone out and just, you know, focus on my garden or something like that, you know, like, but yeah. that's, that's just prioritizing my own comfort over the needs of others. In part, it's doing that. I mean, I think there's something else going on in feeling that loss. Like we, you do lose something significant in not being in the physical presence of another. Yeah. You know, we are bodies. We're not just... We are bodies. Tagline to this episode. <laughs> we are bodies. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's a great reality in that. I, seeing someone physically with you smiling, that's yeah. infectious and laughter in a way that's not just through a screen. Uh, being able to give someone a physical hug, yeah. like that, I do that has a hugs. physiological yeah. impact. Mm. Uh, so, yes, there's a comfort thing going on, and that's good to identify. But I don't want to diminish the sense of embodiedness for us as people. To yeah. go, there's something significant that we lose in not yeah. being able to be physically with others. Yeah. But then we also then make a choice, right, about when something is hard. Mm. Because it is hard because the circumstances mm. have made it hard. Mm. Do we then use that circumstance as an excuse to go, well, you know, I've got to look out, which I can hear in my heart. I say to myself, mm. you know, um, I've got to like make sure I'm kind to myself and look like in a sense, there's a truth to it. Like mm. we need to not have the same expectation of ourselves mm. because mm. life is different and it mm. is hard and we are limited and we are embodied people that are limited. Mm. But then when the, the line between using that lip, like acknowledging the limitation, working within our limitation to prioritizing comfort mm. and prioritizing myself to 
not then care for others. Mm. There's that line. Mm. Um, yeah, where it becomes actually just selfishness. Yeah, yeah. I think you were saying something earlier that was helpful about circumstances never ought to be an excuse for sin. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really helpful from Scripture. We can never blame our circumstances for our sin. Mm. But second back, so an opportunity for growth. Um, like we are feeling all these things you identified earlier, fear, perhaps we're getting angry either at the government or at ourselves or at the people that we're living with. Yeah. Uh, we might be feeling guilt at the way that we're coping or not coping. Yeah, um, loathing our coping strategies but yeah. not being able to get out of them at the same time. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of emotions that we're feeling and I was really helped last year reading a book um, called Untangling Emotions mm. that talks about what those emotions are communicating to us. Mm. So recognizing that emotions uh, have a communicative function that reveals to us something about what we love. Mm. And so uh, it was a really, really helpful book. I'd recommend reading it, um, particularly if you're someone who doesn't think they feel emotion. Uh, <laughs> Just hunger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cold and warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, what was it? Anger. Oh yeah. Okay. I feel fine. Yeah. So here's, here's a little snippet from the chapter on fear. What fear communicates. Um, it says fear, whether mild uneasiness or abject terror has a simple message. Something you value is under threat. Mm. And so just recognizing that and going, okay, I'm feeling scared. What, what is it that I love that is under threat here? And then there's an opportunity as a Christian to step back and go, is that something that I should be valuing in the way that I'm valuing? And for lots of it, it will be like family, mm. life. Those are good things to be valuing. But there might be other things that we ought not be valuing as much as we are. Yeah. And that's a chance where you, in the presence of God, and as you pray with God and reflect to go, okay, God reshape my heart. My emotions are showing me that I love something more than I ought to. Mm. Would you help me to love things in right measure? Yeah. Um, so that's fear, anger as well. You know, anger is communicating to you that, uh, something is not the way you want it to be. Yeah. Anger says, this is wrong. Like an expectation you have and then, yeah. and then the expectation not being met and therefore response with anger. Yeah. And sometimes that can be a, a trivial thing and just recognizing that is helpful to go, okay, I'm angry because my coffee didn't taste as good as I wanted it to. <laughs> now, should I, like, why is that impacting me? And, you know, all of those things. Just, yeah. I think this is a great time for Christians to be growing as we feel lots and we get a chance to stop and think about why we're feeling yeah. those things i think for me definitely it's recognizing in a sense for myself like the sense of entitlement i feel mm. going hey i think i am entitled you know to be happy mm. and <laughs> therefore like you know things that get in the way angers me or something mm. and just recognizing god did not like promise me that you mm. know god did not say the most important thing in my life is that i just get whatever i want and therefore mm. be happy or whatever mm. Um, yeah, I see a flip to the Bible. Were you thinking of a particular verse or? Oh, there's just a, a great prayer. I, I remember first encountering this verse through a song. 
Mm. Um, not sure if it's sung at St. Paul's or not. We've only been around for a few months here. But um, Psalm 86 verse 11 says, Teach me your way, Lord, and I'll live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. Mm. Uh, I love that prayer. And I think a time of lockdown and a time of pandemic and a time where we're experiencing these emotions, where we can interrogate those emotions to come back and go, what I'm after is an undivided mind that my heart, my soul, my longings are all pursuing God. Mm. That sounds grand. And, you know, we're growing towards that. Uh, At the moment, we have divided hearts um, and, and lockdown's a chance to explore what those divisions are, what we're loving more than God or alongside God or yeah. all of that and to come back around and go, okay, God, in the midst of this, give me this undivided mind, this undivided heart. Mm. So that's something I've been reflecting on and, yeah. and praying for people Yeah, that would be happening. And I think um, also hoping in heaven and just recognizing the things that are right now are not right, mm. but actually, you know, the world is not going to be perfect. Mm. until christ comes back Mm. and that we will have trouble and that this world like you know even talking about the taliban and what's happening Mm. you know in afghanistan it's terrible Mm. um and just recognizing that this world is not perfect yeah yeah and that we're waiting for heaven um and that when we get to heaven i love the picture god will wipe away our tears how beautiful is that i don't know what tears people are crying at the moment i'm sure there's many Mm. and that's good and right um, hopefully those tears are being cried in the presence of God and not absent from him. You know, he can yeah. handle our tears. Mm. Uh, he actually loves that and wants that, that we would come to him in that grief. Mm. And we hope for heaven when he'll make all things new mm. and wipe the tears from our eyes, as Revelation says. Mm. Beautiful image there. Mm. Um, just to wrap up, I think, you know, coming to that point of, you know, grieving before God, Mm. pouring our hearts out before God. I think that's the biggest thing that I am hoping in. You know, we, we, I think every day we're, we're bombarded or like even just, they're called doom scrolling, but we, we say, you know, like reading the news and hearing about, you know, it's sort of vaccine and, you know, government, um, help and, um, you know, people doing the right or the wrong things. And there are, there is a goodness to that. But I think if we only ever hope in that, then that's going to be disappointing to us. But actually, we can hope in God's grace for each day. Mm. He will strengthen us and he will support us each day as we lean on him. Mm. Because his grace is sufficient for us and his power is made perfect in mm. our weakness. Mm. Like we, I, you know, I imagine parents out there listening who are really struggling with homeschooling. Mm. You know, um, Families who are or marriages struggling or just people living if you're living by yourself struggling but knowing that actually god gives us grace each day you know through his word through praying to him through his presence with us through his people you know god's grace is sufficient for us each day and that's a wonderful thing thank you so much for doing this podcast with me Um, and we hope that that's been helpful for everyone 